welcome to uh, Thursday Night Fury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's already a fail. The podcast is already fail. Okay. Nah, a bit of banter. You know what? It can be like a running gag every time I try and like play us in and then fuck <laughs> it up. So, this is our pilot episode. Thursday Night Fury. What yes. is the podcast? Well, the podcast is um, basically... It's a show about anything, mm. but so, mainly a focus on... It's not a show about nothing. That's already been taken. That's yeah, something else. a show else. about nothing. That's gone. But a show about anything. Mainly our thoughts on artists, musicians, possibly other ventures in the future. Possibly. But for today, we are talking about the man, the myth, the boss. The boss. Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Springsteen. He is. Yes. I've... Always enjoyed his music, but until recently, I never took a deep dive. Like, I didn't have the appreciation that you had for him previously. Oh, but mine wasn't... I had a... Maybe I liked him or appreciated him longer than you, but to be honest, it wasn't much longer until I... Well, I always knew him as the guy, oh, yeah, the guy that sang Born in the USA. Yeah, literally. Like that fucking American guy. I, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, he has the... Yes, Courtney Cox on the Dancing yeah, in the Dark the, music video. That's what yeah. I, I knew. Like, like, I'm on Fire video. I've seen it before. And yeah. I saw the Born in the USA and Dancing in the Dark. And Courtney, my dad's like, oh, look, you know, that is yeah. Courtney Cox. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so I didn't really, I was just, yeah, I wasn't really interested. In, like, I knew the hits, but not really interested at all. And then my dad was like, when he came, when he was coming to Adelaide the first time, he'd never come to Adelaide. Dad was like... When was the first time? Oh, fuck. I can look up the thing. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago, though. 2014? Or was he here before? Yeah, it was 2014. It was 2014. That was the first time he's... I don't know if he's come to Australia, but that's the first time he's definitely come to Adelaide. Yeah, my dad was like, oh, the boss is coming, the boss is coming. I was like, yeah, well, and I don't care. (laughs) He's like, what do you mean? He's like, he's he's the best. He's the greatest. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then, yeah, I didn't really pay... Oh, honestly, he didn't think to two other thoughts about it. But then well, he ended up getting tickets and he bought four, I think, or meant for me, my mum, dad and my sister Carla, but she couldn't come or something, so we took my uncle instead. Mm. And then, yeah, we went to go see him at the entertainment centre. I can't remember. I think it was, like, earlier in the year. I remember specifically, like, one of my PC teachers was like, yeah, I'm going to the boss too. Like, <laughs> okay, see you there, sir. See you there, Rory. <laughs> Rock on. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I was, I was. You sit down. You'd like you don't. I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, oh, I was probably getting like an old man with a big fan, you know. Yeah. See how it goes. This guy played for three and a half up until this yeah. point. I'd never seen anyone play for three and a half hours. Yeah. Well, he. For those who don't know, his live performances are incredible. Yeah. There's a security guard that you and I know. <laughs> and when he worked the venue, he's like, "Oh man, people walk out after two hours, two and a half hours, three hours." And then obviously he does the full three and a half hours. Like, yeah. Like, and a lot of people just come for the hits or whatever. Yeah. But the true fans like fucking live it up for the whole time. Well, literally like he did obviously a lot of the hits and he has a lot, but I didn't know that at the time, but he had a, apart from the three I already knew, but he had a lot of hits, but he doesn't just do the same stuff all the time. Literally, a lot of a lot of guys you go see, a lot of bands or whatever, musicians, artists, they would they'll play strictly their hits or strictly like I have a strict set list, like yeah, we're gonna do this song, this song, this song, in this order, yeah. And then the encore is gonna go like this. This guy does whatever the fuck he wants yeah, when he wants. Every show was different. If you look at any of the Australian set lists, they're all um, literally they're not the same. Like he does do some songs uh, on the same nights, mm. 
but like the different order, different different um, different arrangements. When you have a catalog that big, yeah, like and he does have a big catalog, massive catalog. Well, for his first record was in 1973. Yeah, fuck. Greetings from Ashbury Park, Asbury, Asbury, Asbury Park. Yeah, sorry, Asbury, I don't know. Out of straight. <laughs> I think yeah, I think it is Asbury Park. So he's coming up on 50 years this decade. Really? Yeah. Is well, that the anniversary of that album? Yeah. 2023 will be 50 years. Far. And he's still going. Well, let's talk about. Greetings from Ashbury Park, New Jersey. Don't New forget. Jersey. From Jersey. Jersey boy. Did you know he was from New Jersey, man? Well. You, you didn't know. You couldn't tell from that. his music. You couldn't tell from his music. You I couldn't tell from his I didn't last know, story. But he does, he does talk about Jersey a lot. And he actually, he, he wanted to get out of Jersey. He couldn't stand the place. Then he bought a house and moved back yeah. to Jersey like later in life. I think he, he made like New Jersey cool, definitely. Mm. Like it, it's not, everyone thinks of it like the Sopranos or whatever else now. Yeah, but like, I know. It was fucking... Was the back slum, then it was yeah. literally was a slum. There was nothing there. Everyone's like, fucking, yeah, Jersey Shore, Killer Sopranos, whatever. But, yeah, the only good thing about it was close to New York. I think that's, that's yeah. about it. It literally was a slum. No one wanted to be there. No, and he definitely didn't want to be there. So, even for those who haven't heard Bruce Springsteen before, you've probably heard the song Blinded by the Light, popular, popularised by Manfred Mann. Yeah. Actually, I did know that song, but I didn't know that was... He wrote that until later. later. So this is that song. So, in compared to his other songs, or as in compared to his other albums, this is very, it's an interesting debut from him. Yeah. He was named, you know, a lot of reviewers called him the next Dylan because, yeah, a like, lot of people did Like this that. song is like just a rhyming dictionary, man. Yeah. Actually, when I was like, I think I was learning the chords and the lyrics for this song. There's a lot of words in this song and yeah. they all rhyme together. And it's all in time as well. Mm. Like, this is one of my favourite records for him. This is top three, top four probably. Yeah, I like this one. I used to rate this album very highly, but then when I thought about more of the other albums and how deep they were, they kind of dro slightly dropped, but it's still probably yeah, my, yeah, one of my top five. It's definitely slightly dropped. It's funky. It has the acoustic soul to it. it. Has the introductions of the proper E Street yeah. band. You know what I actually like about this one? It's just like how how raw, like the, mm. the sound and stuff is on this album. I think, oh, I think on like what's it called? One about the angel or something? I don't know. Yeah, they're yeah. But that Mary, one is like yeah, the angel, the yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. That is like so raw. And I don't know, if, I don't know who, who mixed it or who, who recorded it. I was meant to be like that on purpose, but... I mean, for a 70s album, it has that 70s sound for sure. That yeah. flat recording, the snares, mm. all flat. It also, obviously, because he was so young when he recorded this album. Well, I think he was in his mid-20s or whatever, but obviously because he's still kicking now in his 70s. Yeah. Like, his voice sounds hella different. Yeah, I know. He's got less of the growl, but he's got more of like... It's like his voice isn't established yet. Yeah, like he doesn't know what, how to sound or like how yeah. he wants to sound. Or yeah. how to con maybe even how to control his voice properly. Who knows? Mm. What are your favourite songs of this album? Or why do you like this album? Oh, on this album, um, lo honest, Lost in the <laughs> yeah, on the Table. 
There's actually quite a few songs. Well, I like Spirit. I always like Spirit in the Night. It's kind of bluesy. Spirit in the Night is great live as well. Um, Lost in the Flood. I didn't like till later because mm. I didn't really pay much attention to the lyrics. But when you listen to the lyrics, it's about like, I, from what I understand, I think it's about this like these kids in the street and there's one guy racing and he crashes and there's just blood everywhere. Ha ha ha! Funny, but actually, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, that one. Um, it's hard to be a saint in the city. I like that one too. Mm. To be honest, there's not many songs on here I don't like. I, yeah. I like them all actually, but yeah, those those three uh, probably growing up as well. I like that one too. I like this album too. Like, and what about you? As I said, like, I didn't, I never dived into his catalogue until recently, right? Yeah. So this was the first album I listened to. Oh, in order. Like in, oh, well, order. well, I mean, I've he- I've heard. Um, yeah, I started in chronological order. Yeah. And it sort of smacked me in the face, obviously. Yeah. Like the album was like, I'm like, oh, whoa. Blinded by the light, going into growing up. Yeah. And then like taking down for Mary Queen of Arkansas. Absolutely. Great good track song listing. Well. Um, Spirit in the Night is a great song. Apparently, it wasn't going to make the album originally, but he needed like a hit for the record yeah. company. That one goes hard in the paint live. And the album version is catchy. Yeah. Like the clicks. Put it on. Mm. Obviously, Clarence, introduction of Clarence. Well, he played mm. on Binded by the Light, but I mean on the record. Crazy Janie and a Michelin Man. Back in the alley, painting hats. Uh, yeah, great song. I find myself humming to sing um, Spirit in the Night in the yeah. car all the time. Yeah, Spirit in the Night. The it's a track. It is a track. It's probably one of, on this album. It probably stood out to me the most when, when I first listened to it. I was like, oh, "Spirit of the Night, this is good. I can really get into this." Mm. And then obviously all the other tracks followed. Yeah, you say you say he wanted a hit, but really th- he did have a hit on this album, "Blinded by the Light." But yeah. it wasn't him that actually got the hit. It was yeah. someone else. That's even though he wrote this. That's common for the time as well. Like a lot yeah. of seventies artists did that. Yeah, that's uh, very interesting. Mm. You yeah, see, I had no idea about all this stuff about about he 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 wrote this song and then they they stole it or he was they were given it yeah, or whatever yeah. and then they they profited big time. Mm. I think I don't know if it's correct, but I don't think he actually had a number one hit ever. I don't think he did either. For my yeah quick research he, that I've yeah. done, yeah, I think he's like come close, like second or third spots or whatever. But I don't think he actually ever had a number one. I read. One. I think I read that. Um. Born in the USA, came second to like When Doves Cry by Prince and something the same week, yeah. some shit like that. That's that's a big album. That's two massive yeah. albums, <laughs> clashing head to head as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. So overall, what do you think of this album, and where do you place it amongst his other albums? I do, which we'll we'll be getting to, obviously. Um, I do rate this highly. You know, I like, I think it is somewhere in my top five, to be honest. It's in my top five. I probably place it. I don't know, third or fourth. Yeah, I was gonna say third or fourth as well. Mm. It depends how, how much I how how I feel about the other albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honest. exactly. Well, this was not his first. Well, sorry, this was not his only album from 1973. In 1973, he also released "The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle." Was that the same year? Same year. That's you know what that is because this one. Sorry. Asbury Park was recorded in like 72, released 73. Yeah. E Street Shuffle was like recorded 73, released later in 73. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I see. 
That's that's very interesting because these two albums have very different that, sounds. That's like, literally what I was going to say. Sounds. Yeah. He really tried to break out of whatever yeah. mold was set by him because the first record he was touted to do big things. He had this Bob Dylan sound. Yeah. You could tell he was like, he was leaning into the folk thing. Yeah. He hadn't like, he hadn't, so it's before he's like big orchestral sound shit, which yeah. obviously we'll talk about. Actually, later. yeah, it's before the big E Street band. Well, and, the it's, Street band and it's obviously there. way before his heavy rocking shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this album is like sits in a weird timeline. Obviously, it's right before Born to yeah. Run, which is like his breakout it's massive wall of sound album, yeah, and it's after him. his more acoustic yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, it's not- when I told you I listened to this album, I, I don't know if you remember. I was like, obviously, this is the second album I listened to. I was raving about. It. I'm like, oh, I love this album, man. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. But now I'm with you. I like. Yeah. It's, no, it's, I, I like this. It's not. Songs. It's not bad by any means. But when you like, you listen to it first. It's like, yeah, fuck it, yeah. It's like this, there's good songs on it. There yeah, really yeah. is good songs on it. But then you, I don't know. Like I like it, but I don't like it as much as the other albums. I agree. But in saying that, the second time I saw Bruce Springsteen, yeah. I, I, so I was then I became a fan. I was like, I like him. I like I like fucking I like Born in, Born to Run, all the Born to Run and Born in USA, Darkness on the Edge of Town. I liked all of them. Then I saw him the second time, and I can't remember the 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 pianist's name or the keyboard Roy guy's Bidden. name. Roy Bidden. I think so. Bold I think guy? It was, yeah, it was the bold guy. Yeah, yeah. The second Professor. time it was very it was very similar, like three hours, or whatever. But I just remember the lights go dark. This guy comes out, starts playing a, a number, an arrangement on the piano. Mm. And then that arrangement, I didn't know this at the time, but it turned into New York City Serenade. Yeah. And that went for like half an hour or whatever. <laughs> it went for a long time. But then I was like, it was just, I don't know, it was very powerful. It was a very powerful song. I was like, wow, damn. And then I looked, went back and found this album and found where that that song was. And it was on this album. Mm. I, I definitely have thoughts on this album, but this is, this is my biggest thought on the album. It's not one of my favourite albums from him, but but the B-side of this album is one of the strongest B-sides in his discography. You, ha- you have Incident on 57th yeah, Street. I'm looking at that right now. Rosalita and, and New, New York, York City Serenade. Serenade yeah. Yeah, right. Incident on 57th Street is one of my favourite Bruce Springsteen songs. I don't know if that's a hot take for you. Actually, honestly, I think I know it, but I just don't. Oh, yeah. So for those who haven't heard, the last three songs in this album are all long. They're all like around seven minutes. Yeah. This song... So like I I said before, this this whole album is is weird in terms of his discography. It sits before the full orchestral type of sound and Born to Run. But this song was sort of like... You see the embers of it? Mm. Lots of strings and stuff like that. No Clarence on this song, but... Is he not on this at all? Not on He's this a, song. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it definitely is a good song. Yeah, like you said, the the B-side definitely is very powerful. So, like, I find my... Like, he... The chorus of this song, Bruce, is, like, screaming, but it's not, like... He's not in full power yet. Yeah. And I find myself, like, Puerican <laughs> Jane all the time, like, in the car. Yeah, actually, when I, you know what, when I'm cruising, it always comes on for some reason when I'm cruising to work. It always it's, it's comes on. It's a perfect on. melancholy. Yeah, it's very, genre. yeah, very melancholy. That's a great way to describe it, actually, melancholy. Mm. Gary Talents, the bass player with the drummer, Max Weinberg, all East Street Band from day one, 
gets me every time. Yeah, actually, it's good breakdown on there. Those romantic young boys. Those romantic young boys. Um, I don't know if this. I don't know if it gets played a lot live, but it's a great song. I actually, and I, it doesn't feature much on his live albums. Yeah. Like it comes up here and there, obviously. I, yeah, I actually don't know either. Because I, I don't know if I've heard it live. A song that is obviously on his live albums a lot is Rosalita. Yeah, Rosalita. Yeah, he plays Rosalita all the time. That's like great live song. The video. The, him playing Rosalie, I can't remember, but there's a YouTube video. It's like it's on his official um, Vivo, whatever yeah, YouTube yeah, page. Yeah, But him doing Rosalie live in like some some bar or some like some very small gig. It's in black and white. They play amazing. And then mm. at the end, he just gets swamped by all these girls <laughs> that come on the stage. The security guy chases him <laughs> off, and he's just getting. He's literally on the floor, like with the chicks all over him. Yeah. And I'm just like, damn. This is a great song that to like bust out. Long version. This is a classic song for the band to like be introduced to this song. Turn on your... Yeah, I turned it off. But yeah, super strong B-side. Yeah. See, this album, yeah. And it's weird. So obviously... So the, uh, what, why we say this album is weird or why we feel the album is weird because the A-side is very yeah strange. It's like, not very... Yeah, it doesn't really pull you. It, like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad by any means. But it doesn't, like, pull you in as much as, yeah. like, these songs. There's maybe like, they did that on purpose, though. Maybe. Like, the, just, like you got Wild Billy Circus yeah, yeah. Story, which is, like, the acoustic song, but it has, like, a tuba or something on it. Yeah. A little strange. Kitty's back, it goes, like... Yeah. Goes, you know, breaks out, goes wild, has some great... Licks kitties back in yeah. town. Oh, 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 yeah. E Street Shuffle, like great songs. Don't get me wrong. Maybe he did it on purpose, just to like lower, slightly lower your expectations, and he just come and smack you in like that. Like, don't do not get me wrong. I still really like these those songs. Yeah. But the B side is why I love this album. Mm. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Fifty Seventh Street, I fuck with hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great song. Those romantic young boys. Those romantic young boys. I ever wanna do. I don't know what the rest is. Uh, yeah, so like lower in my favorite rankings. It's probably it probably doesn't come make the top five for me. Yeah, it doesn't for but me either. It'd probably be like honestly, it'd probably be like sixth or seventh. Mm. But yeah, in the bad spot. Don't get me wrong. I love the boss. Where's my um, tier thing? I'm pretty sure I saved the tier thing here somewhere. Here it is. I think I, I ranked that in the B tier. So it is good, but not, not the best. So for those listening along at home, if we get our shit together, there should be a listening guide that goes along yeah. with this podcast. So we'll create a couple of players for you to listen to and we'll do our rankings on there. Yeah, if you want to follow on. But then again, what do we know? What do, what we, know? do we know? We're playing illegal music. Don't exactly. even worry about it. You can't hear anything. No, I mean, you might be able to, but if we get taken down, you won't be able to. Yeah, anything. and then we're going to have to fucking redo it or cut it all out or something. <laughs> I don't know. But that'll be a grind, let me tell you. So after that one, yeah, we're what, into 1975. Because that, that's Born to Run. We're Born to yeah. Run territory here. What, what can you really say about this album? It was a massive album. His breakout album. Put him on the spotlight for sure. Put him on the map. Critical success. Some commercial success. It's, it's sort of where he went international. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't his biggest um, commercial album, but probably his biggest critical acclaim mm. album amongst fans. Also, the album art itself is just iconic. Yeah, black and white. He's got his like wooden 
telecaster. Parts caster, telecaster, whatever that is. I don't think it's an actual telecaster. I think someone said it was a pass, parts caster. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah. But yeah, I didn't iconic. know it was a parts caster. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that, actual. Yeah, and then he like then they got like copied and stuff for later on. I'm I'm not hundred percent, but I think it is a part parts caster. Okay, right. And then obviously, if you had the vinyl, you had the CD on the back. It's got him leaning on Clarence. Mm. They've got them the classic iconic back to back black and white. Oof. Him and the big man. Big man. <laughs> I actually thought about getting that, getting a, a poster of that, or mm. like something framed, or like maybe someone drawed. I don't know. That's a shout. I'm thinking about doing that though. So why was this album such a commercial success? Oh, well, sorry, critical success. Well, why is it loved by us? Loved by us? Yeah. Oh, let's, let's just. Yeah. Let's, where do I start? Like, if we're gonna go on that, the order that it's listed here, starts off with Thunder Road, Thunder Road. a massive song, very powerful. Mm. Probably another great song to hear live, actually. Yeah, it actually is. Yeah, the intro, the live version. If for those who don't know, also he usually just plays him and the piano. Yeah, with a yeah. harmonica sometimes. But the album version is good, mm, man. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, this uh, this song's definitely a staple for his live yeah. live shows for sure. But um, to be fair, yeah. a lot of these songs on the yeah. album are staple well, songs. The fans want to hear it, and he wants to play. Yeah, it. Yeah, he does want to play it. This is also I don't know if you've heard of this before. So this has there's uh, there's four. Uh, there's four songs on each side, so there's eight songs all together. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've heard, he, he, this is the first album where he used like, I think he calls it the four corner concept. So like for each side of the vinyl, he wants to, it to be like a full album. So for example, side A starts with Thunder Road, hmm. this bold piano ballad, but has that grind moving forward with it. To 10th Avenue Freeze Out, obviously if you... If you can't dance to 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Yeah, oh, 10th Avenue Freeze Yeah, there's out. some problems. The Night oh. and then a massive finish on Back Streets. And the same thing for the B-side, obviously. Born to Run, which we'll get to. She's the one, Meeting Across the River, yeah, and then End of Jungle Land. Uh, yeah, okay. I see. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Out of all the songs on here, Night is probably my least favourite. Yeah, I agree. But it's not a bad song at all. It's just, I don't know, just don't rate it as highly as the other yeah. ones. For, for, if I had to choose one song on here, I probably, oh, I don't know, man. Jung, oh, jungle yeah. Land. It's like, oh, you, uh, how can you choose between Thunder Road, Lit- 10th yeah, Avenue Freeze Out, Backstreets, Born got into to Run, Meeting Across jungle the River Land. as well. I never really liked that song, but then I kept listening to it, listening to it, and I was like, mm. yeah, this has got a good story. 10th Avenue Freeze Out. Let's talk about that for like, for several reasons. So like I said before I can't not dance to this song Yeah, it's it's As soon as it comes on There's a famous version of it played In live in New York City It's, a, it's 16 minutes that's, it's Is a, that the Super Bowl one? That's not the Super Bowl no, one No, but that's a good one too That's an iconic one as well That's I, one of the best I've Super Bowl I've said it before And he's said it before as well that moment, sorry, that moment at the Super Bowl when they start and yeah, do 10th Avenue Freezer, that's like his his pinnacle moment. That's, that's apparently that's one of the best moments in his whole life. Yeah, being at the Super Bowl playing 10th Americans, Avenue, yeah, Americans, American, but yeah, it probably is why. But yeah, room to move. Uh, he talks about it in his uh, what's that? Uh, is it Springsteen on Broadway or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talks. I'm pretty sure he talks about that moment there. Mm. Or maybe it was in one of the, one of these documentaries. I don't know. 10th. 
Avenue freeze out. Yeah. Uh, great throwbacks to the big man in this song. Funky groove all around. The big man, yeah. The big man does get a shout out in this song as well. Um, what's what's up? night? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, bit of a skip on night. Yeah. No. Backstreets, yeah. Backstreets is pretty good too. Hiding on the backstreets. Back then born to run, of course. Born to run. Born to run is. Born to, uh, you've born all to heard run. It, yeah, you've definitely all heard it. See, I didn't know much about Born to Run at the first, the first time when I went to go see him. Mm. But I was like, oh, yeah, see, there you go. There's good. Even when it starts, it just just reels you in. So like, apparently, so obviously his first two records weren't massive commercial yeah, they, hits, they and the record company needed a hit record for yeah. him. So the, apparently, like, he says it was make or break. Yeah. this was like this was his time. Apparently, this song took like. Cost about two hundred fifty thousand in production. I'm because he uses that wall of sound. Yeah, production, which I don't know if you've heard of. I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I think Jimmy Iovine produced this album, mm. or he did the next one. But one of the two, he might have worked on this one. I'm, actually, no, he did because he did Meeting Across the River. Jimmy Iovine did work on this yeah. album. And if for those that don't know, he's like a legendary producer. Yeah, he's now he does beats with Dr. Dre or whatever. Or, yeah. yeah, he owns. He's part of the Beats Empire. Yeah, and then he moved to what did he do? They used to use. They used to do Eminem and the Beastie Boys. I can't remember mm-hmm. though what the what the label's called. But yeah, the Def Jam. Def Jam. That's the yeah. one. That's what I'm looking for. Def Jam. I knew something weird like that. So like, and also for those who don't know, the Wall of Sound production style is like something invented by this guy called Phil Spector in the 60s. It was used by artists like Beach Boys, The Beatles. Yeah. Um, it was his signature thing. It's all about like layering sounds on top of sounds. Which, yeah, yeah. Which you can imagine how that comes out on tape. Yeah. In this really super thick sound. So like mm. even the beginning of Born to Run with the drums. Super thick. Yeah. And then... Actually, never thought about the guitar. Like You can tell it's a big song. Like the way it's mixed, you can just yeah. that big chorusy sound. So chorus is like obviously all the different instruments give that yeah. wobbly effect. Even when you like try and play it yourself, like I've I've tried to play these songs myself on the guitar, and like it sounds good, but like it doesn't it doesn't quite sound how yeah. how you think it would sound. Yeah. Because and that's obviously because of just the great mastering and mixing and the work that goes into these songs. Mm-hmm. Another, yeah, another on. thing I'm born to run. Yeah, this this song really really stood out to me because it's about just breaking free from where from your where you're trapped. That's actually what I was going to talk about. And excuse us, the form of this podcast. Yes. This, has, <laughs> this has no structure at this point. What makes this album great for me? This is like the peak of his like romantic lyrics in terms of all the songs. Yeah. Like you just. You, you, you don't get a tangible sense. You get, like, this beautiful romantic imagery, like Thunder Road. Yeah, literally. You do get that. Um, it really paints an image in your mind. Like, yes, <laughs> there is a, th- a road of thunder. That's such a cliche, but, like, it is. Mary like, jump in, you know. They're getting in the car. Let's go. Um, I was trying to think. Yeah, like, Born to Run. Um, Hemi-powered drones. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Of course I can't remember now. Beyond yeah, the I love powers, the the double entendres he uses as well about cars and stuff. Yeah. Girls comb their hairs in yeah. the rearview mirror. Wrap your hands around my engines and stuff so like that. Hard. Yeah, this, this is the peak of his like. He really like sets a scene of his feeling towards what growing up in New Jersey was yeah. like for him. And yeah, and sure. that imagery is like continued, of course. Yeah, in the big finale, once in a generation was solo by Clarence. Yeah, but. 
in Jungle Land. So like, if you want a picture of New Jersey, this is the song. What do you have? You have Opera on the Turnpike, Maxim and Lawman. Um, the Midnight Rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is another another classic example. It just paints that image. As soon as it starts, it just paints an image of what your head. This has to be one of the greatest album closes of all time. Yeah, 100%. In the modern rock canon anyway. 100%. Rangers are oh, yeah, fuck but that still already. Rangers out of homecoming another dun, 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 dun. example Rangers out of homecoming in Harlem late last night yeah yeah it's just like yeah the piano iconic it it's really for, is, for me I break this song yeah, into on. two halves there's mm-hmm. this half and then there's like the the deep fucking the deep saxophone <laughs> And then you just sink into, you just relax. <laughs> you into just the di- couch. you just disassociate. Yeah, you literally, literally, your spirit rises up. It's literally, it's like, it's I don't know. That, that, something about that that part of the song, it just takes over, it takes really, control. It's one of the, it really is a great rock opera. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's that's another great way to describe it. Mm. It is a rock opera. There uh, it is, Maximum Law Man. Yeah. So like, this is the pilot episode, so we're still getting a feel. But this is yeah. literally why we wanted to make the podcast, just so we could like cream over an yeah. artist that we like and talk to each other. You know, what? not have not have any formal yeah, experience exactly. or knowledge about this. <laughs> that and also for people that know us and aren't like aren't familiar with our tastes or like want to get into say the bot. Like for me, someone like someone like me who never really heard of the boss. If I listen to something like Jungle this, just like when yeah. gets you into it, gets you into Bruce. Midnight Gangs. Yeah. Gangs were tough. Yeah. Also, honorable mentions She's the One mm. and Meeting Across the River. Mm. Two big tracks. She's the One. It's, very, it's kind of poppy. Um, by this time, 1975, the E Street Band, as it's most popularly known, was kind of assembled. Because obviously, for those who know Little Stephen Van Zant. Van Zant, the guitar player. He came in around this time. He wasn't really part of the fold before then. As the legend goes, he they couldn't quite get the the trumpets going for like the backing Saxon shit for 10th Avenue Freeze Out. So Stevie just gets in the booth and sings the backing vocals, like exactly how he wants the players to play them. He joins them on tour. And yeah, like I said, this is when they first went international. Not that this was a massive mm. commercial record, but like there's a live album from them. When they do their first show in England, yeah, in like in London, meeting across the river as well. It's it's very minimal, but it also tells a great story. Mm. But yeah, I don't know what else to he, say. About he him. he really, yeah, his storytelling. Yeah, he is, is a perfected storyteller. on this album. That's yeah. why people he, did always, com- he always has been. Yeah. Always. That's what I, I think that's another reason why people first or earlier in his career they compared him to Dylan because Dylan was also a, a great storyteller. Of course. Like you think One of, of the songs best, like, to yeah, be honest. The, yeah. yeah. I'm not the biggest Dylan fan, but I obviously do appreciate him. Like songs like Hurricane and actually that's probably one of my favourite Dylan songs. Yeah. And that tells a big story, a true story also. Mm. About a boxer. Save that for another episode, possibly. Yeah, possibly. In that could be in the works. Pending. Pending. Yes. Where do you place it amongst? Well, it's definitely See, it's it's, 100% in the top five, but is it number one? Is it your number one? It'd be very close. If it's not number one, it'd be definitely second and not followed for far behind. It was my number one for the longest time. Yeah. But 
it's just been beaten out, in my opinion, by his next record, uh, which is, is the, the 1978 record Darkness yeah. on the Edge of Town. Yeah, 100%. Oh. This is a oh. big album, a very different different feel and different mood from this album. Again, just, again yeah, go on. It's, uh, it's dark. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, there, it's no pun. That's it. We'll just end the podcast there. It's not, it's not, a, not a pun at all, dark, because it's called Dogs on the Edge of Town. Okay. But it's, it's like a dark feel on this album compared to his other kind of lighter, lighter, hearty feeling. 100%. Like, for me, how I conceptualize, when I think of Bruce Springsteen's albums, I think of the progression. For example, oh, yeah. you said before how the E Street Shuffle was like, oh, before his full orchestral phase. Then Born to Run is like the full orchestral phase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full romantic uh, yeah. lyrics. Darkness on the Edge of Town is like he has all the skills of that wall of sound orchestral instrument phase, but he's toying with the more rock and roll that he approaches yeah. later in his, in his discography. Yeah. And, yes, this album goes hard in the fucking paint. <laughs> it's the hardest record that he has. Just, like, listen to this. Footloads. Uh, yeah. I knew you were going to yeah, say yeah. this Because this is definitely the hardest song on the album um, By today's standard It's very soft yeah, actually yeah, it's, not yeah. like fucking, it's not hard at all It's not but... like heavy metal or anything But this probably was hard at the time Oh it sounds so good Ow. Um, A lot of the songs on this album Like sit in the key similar to my voice So I find myself oh, yeah. Like driving in the car Like streets of fire yeah, yeah. Streets of fire Again he uses On this album He's also known for like that I think he calls it Four Corners mm. approach I've actually not, I've never heard of that But I have heard of that before But I haven't heard of him Actually using that And talking about so it So you have Badlands yeah. Classic song Got that You know like The vibe stuff Badlands Yeah Girl wakes up tonight um, Trouble in the heartland Yeah, exactly Has that Then obviously Adam raised a cane Harder song Goes to something in the night He basically just screams his throat out In something in the something night It's, in one, the of, night. it's oh. one of the most soulful songs yeah. from him Like He's like When he just goes at it In something in the night He swallows the mic basically Like he's like, start, he, You know what? Something in the night It starts a very Very slow Very quiet And then he just progresses And just Then he's just screaming At the end of it Yeah yeah, and this 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 intro. Oh, God. Then Candy's room picks up again. Obviously, in Candy's room. Not to move too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Candy's room has one of my favorite licks by the boss. In the middle of Candy's room. <laughs> down, da 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 da. Oh yeah. If I can find it. Baby, if you wanna be right. I'm just skip ahead if I can find it. How long that's the right chamber? But yeah. And then obviously the back half of the album, Racing in the Street. Oh, Racing in the Street. One, one of the best ballads. Could be my favourite song on the album. Yeah, Racing in the Street. Ah, for me, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm kind of more into cars. But like, when you hear this, <laughs> when, you, when you hear him talk about the cars and like, just, ah. What are you I've just talking got about? A 69 Chevy and a 396 Fuel I think he was a car guy as well. He was into he must car, be, yeah. yeah. He must be like the way yeah, he talks I mean, about no, them. Yeah, well, it would be hard to bullshit about these things. Alrighty, here it is. You know what is interesting? For someone 
I don't know. Well, maybe uh, he, d- he was a very earlier. He was a very heavy guitar player. He probably carried with a guitar. Mm. He his the gain that he uses, mm. or I don't know. He must he must drive his amp very hot. It's yeah, very it, like it's very dirty. Like yeah. it's very overdriven and very yeah very gainy. Hundred percent. Like on this album, a lot of his sounds have that gainy sound. Like. Listen, if you're listening to this album, listen to like the harmonics that he chucks in in his solo, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And he must get it from just like cranking the amp. Yeah. Or well, I don't know how, how else you would have got whatever, it. Or yeah, yeah, fucking cranking the gain in the board or something. I have no idea. But it's for that time, that sound is, that sounds almost like ahead of its time in a way. Mm. And and for the songs he's using it on as well, because they're kind of, they're soft, well, not soft, but like they're just, you wouldn't expect it really. And maybe that's why it shines out like that. Yeah. What else is uh, good on the set? Well, they're all really good. Streets of Fire. Promised Land. Oh, the Promised Amazing. Streets of Fire. For like, for Streets of Fire is basically a two chord song, like a yeah. two chord vamp. Streets, Streets of Fire. Actually, on the Promised Land, that is also, that's almost like a part two of Born to Run. Because that's always, that's also about working hard and trying to get out of this fucking shithole that you're in. It's like, it talk, talks about like, the dreams that tear you apart. I was literally oh, going to say, yeah. there's some really clever lyrics on The Promised Land. I like, never, that was another song I wasn't really into. Then I listened, you know what got me into this mm-hmm. song? That, what's that, that movie that was got the Indian kid and it's it's about him discovering Bruce Springsteen's music. Yeah. I, I, and he like relates to being at a shithole and like. He's blinded using, by the light. I think, I think it is called, blinded by yeah. the light, yes. And I heard that song and I was like, on in the trailer and in, in the movie, I, was like, I don't think I know that song. But then, I, it was actually like they used snippets of the song, like blow away. Yeah, and he's yeah. like him with the shadows and like in the dust, yeah, like, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen that, but I've heard about yeah, it. You yeah, you should watch that. And mm. any anyone listening at home, they should watch <laughs> that too, to be honest, because it's a great movie. And if you don't like the boss or you kind of like him, watch that, mm. relate to it. Um, yeah. And I didn't know that was this song. And then I looked back, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this song. And I do like this song and I like it a lot. Mm. There's, there's so many great, like, they're not. I guess they're more poppy in the sense that they're super catchy. Yeah. But like songs like Badlands, okay. Promised Land, Prove It All Night. Prove It All Night. Like so catchy. Like really ahead of its time in terms of the sound. Like they hold up today. The way he does Prove It All Night live in his early days where mm. he just does a massive solo and stuff like that. It's like, played himself as yeah, well. Not half no, no yeah. one, But no one else played that. Yeah. It's very, very big. Again, he has that massive overdriven guitar sound on his telecast. He's just going at it, going at it, and then it kindly goes to... And then if you want to hear a good version, hear hear the version of that from the live album in New York City, 2000. Yeah. That's what we were playing before. But there's there's earlier ones as well where I think he he starts like... Like from the 70s. Yeah, from like the 70s. Cause that's the one I saw. I don't think I've actually seen the one you're talking about, but I saw another mm. one and I was like, damn. He turns this song into a 20 minute thing or almost. Yeah. And Darkness on the Edge of Town, that is such a strong closer. I mean, I think Jungle Land is stronger, obviously, because yeah. it's such a generational song, but Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, I feel like I feel like I gotta go bash someone after I do Darkness <laughs> on the Edge of Town. It's that hard. It is well, hard. if she wants to swing it. I gotta skip to that part. Like, yeah, I can't. Hold on, bring it back. Ready? Man, if we do get striked, we are going to get fucked up, <laughs> I'm sure. 
Like they'll at least they'll listen to like two seconds and be like, yeah. "Get them." <laughs> We're not making any money. Come on. Oh yeah, we are making anyone true. This is just a well, passion project. Well, if she wants to swing it, dun, dun. you can tell her that I'm easily found. Yeah, again, another song we just fucking like screamed at the top of his lungs. Also, another yeah, yeah. note on this album. I don't know if it's all, all definitely from this album, but a notable town. notable mention. Mm, yeah. Uh, a possible companion album is The Promise. Yeah, it's it's like a B-side collection, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I think it? it is a B-side collection. And Racing in the Street, the 78 version is very different. Mm. The lyrics are different. The story is different. It's, the concept's the same, but he talks about, like, I think he's talking about a different car and it's kind of different and it's slower. Mm. It's more raw. Mm. Then he obviously must Like have, it's demos, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it? It, yeah. that, that is definitely a demo. Or an alternate version. Mm. Also, another yeah, yeah, go big, big with song. The Rex. Yeah, big big song. This album that he gave away to someone else because of the night. Yes, that, he, he, he give it to Patty Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah. He does a good version of that. He does a good like, version on yeah. this. I like his version on that too. Yeah, of course. Her version is more like hard hitting rock, pop, yeah. whatever. It's not bad at all. But when you listen to his, it's like it was. You can tell he wrote this song and he wrote it for himself. He didn't write it for someone else. Let me get it up. Oh, no one's listening. <laughs> no one's listening to this podcast. We can play whatever we like. Uh, where is it? Because night belongs to lovers. Because night Is that on the promise? To- yeah, it is. Oh, I'm pretty sure it is. Unless maybe I just chucked it into my bootleg section here. No, I'm pretty sure because I specifically remember getting this, getting the promise for that song. Mm. Yeah, it's on there. Mm, I've heard a good... Another great song on that album is Fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fire's so, good too. Is that on there, really? The mm-hmm. Promise? Yeah. So... Now, baby, here so also, for those who don't know, not only does he have a massive catalogue, he has a great selection of songs that he would just play live. Yes. And then later on, he might have recorded like, like yeah. studio versions of them. Songs like Fire. Songs like... Um, Raise your hands. Mm. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Is it really? Is that mm-hmm. is that from this? I don't know if it's on this, but like I thought that was a live, live, live yeah. song. Yeah, no, that is a live. There's song. songs like Land of Hope and Dreams, which you like used to play live, like yeah, in that, the that's, like that's the later Springsteen, yeah, like songs. in the 2000s. But then like he chucked it on an album in 2012 yeah. or whatever, like just oh, so I didn't like know that's that. what I mean. Yeah, a lot of his songs that he would just play live, he eventually recorded them. Mm. For example, Land of Hope and Dreams used to have. Saxophone solo, yeah, and Clarence Clemens passed away in 2011. Yeah. Rest in peace. So on his 2012 album, he he recorded a version of Land of Hope and Dreams, and he cut he cut like a live version of Clarence playing it oh, and, and put, put it, it on the it. album. Oh, and it was like a tribute. Yeah, oh, I see. That's hell that's yeah. Good. Actually, on that, um, obviously I saw him and Clarence had passed away, so I didn't get to see Clarence. Yeah, and the the, the support from the fans, they had like. We miss you and I love you, Clarence. There were signs everywhere with yeah. Clarence's name, and it was yeah, it was beautiful to see that actually. But also, rest in peace to Dan Federici, the organ player. Mm. Did some good work. One of my favorite performances of him is again. I'm braving on about this album, the Live from New York City album, the version of the River from that. Yes, that's very good. Where he has um, like the accordion, because Dan could play the accordion yeah. as well. Let's see if I can find it. A river on his upcoming album we'll talk about that in a minute but 
superb version. River's one of those another songs that you can extend. But anyway, going back to yeah. <laughs> after that adjacent, that tangent. Oh, that's what I was gonna say as yeah, well. Yeah, go on. Yeah, with the because of the night, because of the night, that was Jimmy Iving definitely 100% was working on the album. And at the time, Patti Smith was in the studio on oh, the next studio next yeah. door, and, that, and she just needed a hit badly. And Bruce wasn't even gonna put that song on the album. Mm. He wrote it, recorded it. It was a killer song, but he wasn't gonna use it for some reason. He thought those other songs made the cut better, and then. He gave it to her. Because the night could have fit on this record, but I'm kind of glad. I mean, yeah. the selection there yeah. is great. I'm glad that he did think. Yeah. I think the story goes that Jimmy Iovine was like, if you're not going to use it, just give it to her. It's a good song for her. And then obviously made big hit her for a her, big yeah. hit, put her on the spotlight for sure. Because mm. I think she was like a punk punk rock. Yeah, song. she's a legend in her own right, but that was a great commercial song for yeah, her. Yeah, very commercial song for her. So apart mm. from that, it was more like... Not really cult, but like underground. Yeah, really. Like she's a pioneer for sure. Low key kind of stuff. Well, it's my favorite album. I'm putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's just that that extra layer of grit that's thrown on. I'm honestly not too sure. You know what? (sighs) No, you got to make a commitment, Michael. Nah, you know it's gonna be second for me. Yeah, it's good to be fair. And yeah, uh, you just can't beat Born to Run. As much of a cliche as it is, it is number one. Yeah, it is number one for sure. Mm, interesting. Moving on to the river. The river. I've now moved down to. This the is a big river. album, and there's some big a double song album, in fact, it. if you will, a double yeah. album. It double, yes. Um, Again, he does have some hits on here. Hungry you, Heart, the you, river. You can track his progression. This is like I mean, full yeah. rock songs here. Yeah. Like even some of the structures are like real fifties structures in terms of like. The bopping saxophone, the structures of the songs. Oh, this is actually 1980, so the. F- it's straight in the 80s. Yeah. Year one of the 80s, I see. Yeah. When I first heard this album, I did not vibe it. No, nah, me neither. Because it's, it's first proper like rock album mm. using more traditional rock structures. Honestly, I don't think I've listened to it in its entirety. I've definitely heard bits and pieces mm-hmm. of it and I definitely have my favourite songs on this, this double album. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because there's just so much content on this to, to process and yeah. get through your head. That's probably why I never fully... Got into it. Mm. I probably, yeah, but I don't know. It's like, it's, oh, it's. There's also some hidden gems on this album as well. Like, I never knew yeah, Point Blank was on this album. That's yeah. one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. And it's I was like, where is this album? Where is this song? Mm. And I saw it was on the river. You just see songs like that just get lost on the river because yeah. you don't know where it is. It doesn't get played that much live. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. either. But you know what? He did play at one of the, one of, one of the shows. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one I went to. Mm. But. He did do it, and my dad was like, oh, he did some songs I didn't expect. Like, he did Point Blank, and I was like, oh, I, yeah, good song. It is, it is a great song, I agree. This, my favourite song from this album is Out in the Street. I really, really love Out in the Street. I actually don't know if I know that one. Dun, oh, I definitely da, would have heard da, this. And actually, this... Um, this album has a great streak of songs. Has yeah. like Two Hearts, Independence Day, Two Hearts, yep. Hungry Heart, Out in the Street is like a great streak of songs from the boss. Yeah. I like the... So this... like this song, it's like rocky, but it has like, it's almost, yeah. it almost feels like a 50s old style rock and roll, like swing danceable style. Yeah. Another, another You're note, gonna have side note is his time. voice is considerably different oh, on this yeah. album. Oh, yeah. Like, in particular, Hungry Heart, it does not sound like his normal stuff. Well. Obviously iconic. If you watch, like, movies like The Wedding Singer, yeah. or 
I was in there for sure, and I was like, yeah, hungry. He's in a bar <laughs> fucking drinking his sorrows away. Poor bastard. And it's in other other movies as well, I'm sure. So but I looked it up, and you know this, but it sounds different because it's actually sped up, this song. Yeah. And the story goes, though, that he was at a Ramones concert, yeah. and he's like, I need to write a Ramones song. Yeah. So he thought of this song. So, okay, it doesn't really sound like a Ramones song, but, like, it's got a simple you know structure. What? Apparently, in his word. How long the song goes, that's how long it took him to write yeah. it. Like, interesting. You know what? You say you you, you couldn't hear the Ramones, but I actually could. I could hear, like, the Ramones just fucking slamming, just going really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All downstrokes, Johnny, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it could be. It could be, but obviously no fucking yeah. way with the Ramones. I'll just praise them. No fucking way with the Ramones play anything like that. Well, that sounded like that. Mm. Um, what else is good on here? Hung, yeah, we were just talking about Independence Hung, Day is a great song. The River is what the we're river, talking about. The oh, River, Wreck on the Highway, that's another good mm. song as well. Wreck on the Highway. I love all the River live versions if you go out there to listen. Yeah. Moves down. The River, yeah, another staple in his live shows. Yeah, the River exactly. also, I, I'm going to say it's a few times because it's it's honestly yeah, true. Yeah. Another another song that just paints an image of in your head of like, yeah, he's, these two are going down to the courthouse. He's one of the man's working like a dog trying yeah. to put food on the table. There's no, what is it? Oh, I got a, I got a something in a union card and a wedding coat. That's yeah, it. Union the card and a wedding coat. That's it. And then he went down to the courthouse, got oh, married. That's it. Nineteenth birthday. Yeah. I got a union card and a wedding coat. Uh, a loosely. I'm not sure. Yeah, not, there's some great. Loosely, there's some great lyrics on that song just before we yeah, move on. Yeah, actually. But loosely based on his sister's life or sister's oh, circumstances. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Actually, I yeah. don't know if, if that's 100 percent true, but I'm pretty sure he said something like that. Because I thought about it, I was like, this doesn't really sound like his life or his situation or circumstances. But yeah, possibly loosely based. Like I'm just going off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, it's not yeah. really. Yeah. What we're doing is we're not, not professionals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if, if you want to fucking go and I don't know if we're gonna have a comment section or whatever, you yeah. can just fucking rip us a new one. And be like, no, you fucking animals, this yeah. isn't how. Please it went. correct us. But please, please do. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's loosely based on his sister's circumstances. Mm. The price you pay is like a more classic boss song. Mm. But yeah, it's a, like, and then there's some rule like, just like, like heavy rocking songs like I'm a rocker, yeah. Ramrod. He just like uses plays on his sets to just like thrash, just thrashing songs. Yeah, yeah. See, some of these songs I've definitely heard before, but I don't actually know what they are. See, that's that's literally. See, that's why I think of like that old style fifties. Yeah, yeah. I can feel. Yeah, with the what is that? Like an organ or something? Yeah, like a B three. Yeah, I'm feeling that for sure. Like this is the first of this type of songs for the boss anyway. Like this is not that romantic lyric stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pushing towards his, like, working class. I mean, he's always been that working yeah. class man in terms of his lyrics, but, like... That's what... You know what? That's another thing that really draws you into the boss because he really is a working man's kind of guy. Like, 100%. All of his songs are about, yeah, breaking free, working like a dog and just getting the... Working to survive and putting the food on the table, doing the absolute bare minimum to just survive out there in this cruel world. Mm. Like, life isn't fair. Mm. And he really put... He really... um. What's the word I'm trying to say? He really um, pulls that across or shows that across. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Last thing I'll say, going back to the river, to bring it up again, yeah. the, the live version on, 
on the 75 to 85 vinyl. Yeah. Oh, where yeah. he talks about like how he deliberately bummed out of the draft to avoid Vietnam. Oh, yeah. Talked about his dad and stuff. Great live version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is not, not, not my top five. Yeah, I don't think it's my... I enjoy the album, but it's different. It probably, if it was my top five, would probably be number spot five, but I'm not 100% certain. Mm. It'd either be fifth or sixth, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Going into Nebraska, 1982. Nebraska. Is it- this is... I don't know if you know this, but apparently he went and secluded himself with a... Tascam Porter Studio mm, for input that. Tascam yeah. Porter Studio and just I don't know fucking secluded himself somewhere and just literally a guitar a microphone and that Porter Studio yeah, yeah. that's it yeah and, four and tracks yeah, yeah that's it that's all I heard that like yeah he, like he, he brought this these songs to the E Street Band but like yeah, and they, and they tried to play it out and whatever. But yeah, I heard that he couldn't fit them in. He just he, yeah, with the lyrics of this. So it's an acoustic album for yeah, those who don't. And I'm know. sure they could have uh, put some string arrangements or something on there. But honestly, the way the why this album shines is because it's so raw. It's, it's literally so raw. just two things: his voice and the guitar, and and that's it. And it's straight into a bootleg fucking. <laughs> and yeah, because that Tascam Porter Studio that would, that's very dated technology by today's oh, yeah. standards. Like these are all demos essentially. Like, yeah. Apparently, um. He was he was thinking he had to release the album like on tape because yeah because of the demo recordings were yeah, so yeah. poorly well, recorded like you couldn't get the groove yeah. into a vinyl yeah like yeah it would have been honestly probably if it did get mastered I'm sure it did it would have been a nightmare to work with those yeah, tapes especially in the eighties oh yeah. for sure for sure so but, they're all acoustic songs yeah yeah favorite ones At, uh, Atlantic City yeah if I f- I find myself humming the chorus of Atlantic City all the time. Honestly, it's just one of those songs. Super catchy for that, what it is. That opening lyric, there you go. I don't know what the hell that means, but it's it's powerful. Apparently it's a gangster or something. Really? There's some gangster called the Chicken Man or whatever. I don't know if it's... More, Atlantic City is obviously yeah, in the New Gam- Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's my just brainwashing, but every time I think of Atlantic City, I just think of casinos, gambling, organised well, crime. Well, it's got all those things. Yeah. Yeah, the chorus is so catchy. Like, if I can, yeah. Oh, let's see if I can remember. I used to know how to play this. All these songs, I can't remember. There's just so many chords to remember. I just can't remember them all. Oh, there you go. That sounds about right. Excuse the tuning. Yeah, she's a bit mounted. Uh... Well, if everything dies, baby, that's a fact. What if everything that dies someday comes back? Put your makeup on, put your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. I think I stuffed up the course. Yeah, there. I don't know, but we're not perfect. We're, we're amateurs here. Might have to. It is amateur. There might be some cuts here. Don't worry about it. Deep, might be some deep edits. cuts. Yeah. We might, might do some deep, deep cuts. But yeah, that's such a ca- catchy and classic song. I think it's the only song that went on his greatest hits album from that album. Oh yeah. Not that you know that's so important, but like it just mm, shows that it's yeah. importance in his dog discography. Yeah, I do like songs uh, like Nebraska. Yeah, I like Nebraska. I like Highway Patrolman. Yeah, I was gonna say Highway Patrolman is a great song as well. State Trooper too. Yeah, I like Used Cars. Really, Used Cars is different. It's interesting when I first heard it. Yeah. But like. You know, the river was his first commercially 
Like his, it was his biggest commercial album to date. And like, well, where do you go after that? Yeah. You do an acoustic album. It's an yeah. interesting concept. I think it works. It's great. It's wonderful. It's... Mm. If I was to introduce someone to the boss, it's not an album you go here. Yeah, yeah. Give, yeah. give them Nebraska. 100%. You'd give them one of the... Well, you, honestly, you'd probably give them Born well, to Run. Yeah, or, yeah. or you'd give them Born in the USA just to get them started. But I think this album really shows his, like, his, his songwriting ability. Yeah. It's not it. it this show, you know, see, this shows that he doesn't need anybody else to write a good song, to write great songs. It's just mm-hmm. him, him and a guitar. That's all. Yeah, hundred percent. All it takes. It might make top five. Might just skip out. I think. I it don't know. Could potentially be in mine too. Depends how I feel about greetings from Asbury Park on the day. Yeah. Could, could just play six because of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else do we have? Oh no, it could play fifth. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You fifth or fifth? Oh, I don't know. I'm honestly not too sure where this one would go. If it missed the top five, it it honestly be fifth or I've said fifth or sixth for two of them now. But yeah, exactly. I'm not sure exactly where they'd fit I think in, in a top five ranking out ranking system. So like, if I have fifth being Nebraska, then Greetings from Asbury Park, and the next record we're going to talk about. And then Born to Run and then Darkness on the Edge of Town for me. Curious. What is the next album we're going to oh, talk about? Oh, what is it? Well, listen carefully. Oh, I knew it. Just the, nah. mo- the most iconic opening song. If you didn't know this song, if you, I don't know where. You must have just been born yesterday yeah. or something. Because this song is fucking played everywhere. Yeah. You hear it 24-7. This album. Anywhere you go. Shopping centres, radio, TV. <laughs> Coles Radio. Every, yeah, you hear it. You do hear it. This album sent him into the stratosphere. Oh, exactly. This put him on the charts for sure. If Born to Run couldn't put him on the charts, this album did. It has that hard-rocking, working-class quality. And but this it's is, got a little um, bit of that 80s flair. I don't know. If that, what, what was it? What? This is definitely the 80s, but what year in the 84. 80s? Oh, this is for sure MTV. This is going into yeah, MTV, MTV kind of material. This, this was the first album that had yeah. music videos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think Nebraska had one, actually. But, oh, really? But still, yeah. Well, I honestly don't recall seeing any of them, but I definitely saw some of the video clips for this album, and this is the album before I had any any um, uh, any appreciation for the boss. I knew about this album, and you know about the iconic, the the wire top jeans yeah. with a fucking cap in the back. I don't know what that's caps for. It must be like a working class working man cap, or yeah. something. There's a funny scene in Grown Ups 2 where Adam Sandler's, they're having a Halloween party mm. and his kid's like, what are you? And he just turns around, he's got the cabin, he's like, I'm the boss from Born in the USA. It was just funny. I like that. This album. Also, um, yeah, yeah, the, go back, on, the yeah. backdrop on that album as well, it's, it's got to be the American yeah, flag, of course. Of course. Yeah. Patriotism. Uh, I mean, Born in the USA sound like this hard rocking patriotic song, but don't get the lyrics mistaken. It's about like... I, I always thought of that, like, to be honest. But then you listen to the lyrics and it's actually, isn't it about war veterans? Yeah, it's about like the horrors of Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam veterans. Like, Like, yeah, people not making it back and having Vietnamese mistresses. (laughs) 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 Well, that's just the truth of it. It is the truth. It is the truth. There is so many just great... I always like, songs on this. I always like the I'm a long dong daddy yeah, that, in the USA. Apparently that's a that's like an old country song name. Yeah. Hank Williams song. So you think it's a little bit of a dirty line, yeah. but it's like I it's not it's a reference. Yeah, it's it is a right, reference. Yeah. What else can we talk about? I'm born in the USA. Well we've talked about the title track. You know what? Just to look Let, the, I'll say that every song just grooves. 
Yeah, but one of the hardest grooving is Dancing in the Dark for me. Oh, yeah. This is a song. Like, another song that's super This is a song every danceable. time. Yeah. Like, I know it's a massive hit, and I know it's sort of ruined by that. Yeah. But you can't. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of songs that get like this. But this song here, there's something about... I don't know, is that a synth or something? I don't know yeah, what that yeah. is. But when that comes in... And, and the beat comes in. You just you just want to dance. It's, yeah. You literally do want to dance. That driving beat. You can't not. And then you just, I just think of the, the video clip as well where yeah. he's just swinging on the stage or whatever, screaming at the audience. And then hey, they do an Cox. extension <laughs> and then Courtney Cox comes out. I'm not even a, I don't really like Friends that much, yeah. but it's just, it's just iconic. It's you can't deny it's iconic. But like, I mean, Glory Days is a massive hit. Another big like duet song with Lil Stevie to sing with. Glory Days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go on, turn on. Great outing in the Super Bowl halftime show from it. Yeah, you know what? I actually, I actually didn't even try to learn this song. I think I was just doing some... <laughs> and then I was like, hang on a second. Yeah, I know. It's, it feels a weird groove when you first start playing it, yeah. It's very, yeah, it's like that hmm. kind of rockabilly, but they use the same chords and stuff. Interesting, interesting. There's a great, I mean, we can talk about the hits, but like, there's some great <laughs> deep cuts. Like Bobby Jean is a great deep cut. That is a deep cut. That's one of my favourite deep cuts. Really? Yeah. Bobby Jean yeah, gets I, it. I, I like it. I don't, I probably don't rate it that highly, but... This album has got no bad song. Yeah, there's some like No Surrender is a great song. He does it great live acoustically too. Talk about rockers as well. Yeah. Cover Me. Oh, yeah. Some, I don't know if it's very widely appreciated as much as these other songs, but Cover Me, it almost doesn't even sound like a Bruce Springsteen song. It sounds like it should be some, for someone else, but it just sounds, it sounds great. Mm. It's a great, it's a great heavy hitting tune. Yeah, see that, that opening lick as well. I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was from Triple M, and I was like, who is this? <laughs> and then I found out I was the boss, I was like, damn. Yeah. Again, this, this is a great song, like just the songwriting. And it's really indicative of the whole album in terms of like the guitar structure, the grooving drum beat. Yeah. Occasional 80s little... You know, taste like it, yeah, yeah. You can tell it's from the eighties anyway. For sure, well, for sure. The way it's like, the way it's sound, the the, the vibe, yeah. just that vibe. You can tell. Yeah, downbound, tr- downbound train is a super emotional dun, song, dun, and then dun, another great riffy song. That riff. Oof. Yeah, for sure. Another song I didn't really like at first, but then I got into was this song, Downbound Train. Again, he talks about the working class, yeah. having a job, having a woman. He's always talking about it. Yeah. See, getting laid off, very true, very real circumstances. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Another big, big song in here. I'm on fire. Yeah, go on. Massive, go on. massive go on. song on here. Crack it. Not a e to The story goes: Stephen Van Zandt hated this song. Apparently, he hated this song. Mm. Yeah, there you go. 
really sparse. One of the strangest love songs of all time. Yeah. It's a love song, but it's a little bit creepy. It is, yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe of it. Yeah, even the video clip. When you look at the video clip, I was like, oh, what the hell's going on there? Some, mm. some clearly, like, taken woman is dropping the car yeah. off to Bruce, who's a, who's a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. He's working on the car underneath the skateboard or whatever. Comes out. I don't even know. He's like, should, he's like, do you want me to drop it off to you? And he says no. But then he ends up dropping it off anyway. Yeah, I, was like, what? yeah I think he like he's in love with the woman. Yeah, or whatever, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, or maybe he's like stalking. Her, I don't know. Yeah, but still a classic, iconic video. This has a, this has such a great line. The someone something at the edge of dawn got a six-inch valley through the middle of Moscow. Again, he loves his. I'm pretty. Is it double? Is that a double entendre? No. Or maybe it's. But it is. Uh, it, it, it's it's a great, it is like a great imagery there. Yeah, actual. You wouldn't really. It's, and like I mean, it's weird this for is a love short, song. Yeah, this is a short song as well. You wouldn't really, unless you like really listen to it, listen to it. You wouldn't pick that line up, as mm. well. I like that. Yeah. Massive commercial hit. Great song for the, for the fans. Again, Beloved album. Again, I don't think it got number one. As, as successful as it was, I'm pretty sure it didn't hit number one. I think it one. got number two, like we said. Yeah. I think When Doves it's a, Cry. It's a, yeah. <laughs> Beat it it's out. It's not really a robbery because yeah. when Doves Cry, that's Doves Cry. That's a fucking massive yeah, album for exactly. the 80s too. And that was followed with a, that came with a movie. It was a company yeah, yeah. movie. So maybe if the boss had his own Born in the USA oh, wow. Patriot <laughs> propaganda movie, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he could have got number one yeah. possibly. Where do you rank it? I reckon it's like oh, it's definitely it's it's high. It's, it's like, probably it two or third, three. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's third, I think honestly I mean. it is my third. Yeah, it's a strong third. Definitely, and again for sure. If this is your if this is like your third place album, that you got some strong albums. Yeah, exactly. You're a great artist. Uh, um, maybe a uh, what's it? Maybe a not not so passionate fan would rank this higher. Mm. Rank this as their number one. This is this one. is a great starting album for those who want to listen yeah. along for sure. If you didn't know the boss, but if you didn't know, or you don't, you only know, you only know his hits or whatever. You would, to be honest, you would know this album. You would take one look at it and be like, "This is yeah, born in the USA." Mm. In America, a hundred percent, everyone would know this album for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, we should he continue. Ha- he has many other albums. Yes, we might do a quick run through of songs we enjoy from his other albums. Okay, maybe talk about. What is what's next in chronological order? Tunnel of Love. I like Tunnel of Love. Yes, I do like Tunnel of Love. See, I don't know. I'm, see, for me, I feel like Tunnel of Love is one of those albums where maybe if it was written by another artist, I would like it more. It just feels weird to me. I don't know. Or it like I has some good songs. Obviously, he just got remarried. Yeah, that's the idea. But he's still very. There's still lots of lyrics which are very true to the boss's style, but there's it's um different. there's. <laughs> I think it's just there's just something about me and connecting with. The, I've got this weird thing about theme parks yeah. and this song here. T- well, not this song, but this album, Tunnel of Love, and mm. the imagery of like you know the iconic yeah, Tunnel yeah, of Love yeah. ride. I don't know. There's just something about it. For those that don't know, I have a weird thing about abandoned theme parks, <laughs> watching the videos <laughs> and people exploring them. I think it's cool. Yeah. And then I think about yeah. So context. He releases his biggest album. Born in the USA. Yeah. And between then and this album, he gets remarried. So he's married a second oh, time. Yeah. And this is essentially, I'm a rock star and I write a love album. Yeah. Album. But it's not the classic 
structure. It still has that boss flavor to it. If you look at this album's cover art, he's in a suit, but he doesn't have a tie. He's got one of those like Texan cowboy uh, star his things. His cowboy face. Yeah, he's he's he literally looks like a cowboy. He's leaning on there, and his tour art for the photo is a very similar photo. He's like leaning with this, wearing the same clothes, but he's holding like a rose or something mm. in his hand. I yeah. think it's cool. I think it is cool. Definitely. But there's some big songs on what here. What do you enjoy from this album? I personally like Tougher Than The Rest. That's a mm. good, great song. It's obviously about his new wife yeah. being, well, he, the look, song. You know, look, it's a little cliche, yeah. but like he's pouring his heart yeah. out. Yeah. The song goes that he he's ready for love and he's he's not fucking around anymore. He yeah. actually wants something real. Yeah. And yeah, if you well, if you're tougher than the rest, that's it. <laughs> uh, Spare parts is a good song as well. Mm. It's not my favorite, but I do enjoy it. Yeah, brilliant disguise. Is that yeah. what you were just playing before? Yeah. Brilliant disguise. That's yeah. like the classic song from the. Yeah, album. I, I like brilliant disguise, and I think just chuck on time of love just to just get the intro because the intro just reels you in. Yeah, see that yeah. Rattle, rattlesnake and the little. Yeah. If you're not in 1987 by now, where are you? Yeah, exactly. Where are you? Yeah, like I said before, I really like theme parks for some reason. I don't know why. And this just paints an image of your head. Don't to get confused with uh, the Dire Straits Tunnel of Love yes. song, which is yes. very, which is kind of have a similar vibe with theme parks and stuff. Yeah. But this is more like, like chilled, laid back, mm. synth driven. For sure. Mm. And yeah, there's some weird sound effects as well. Like the intro is like, Meant to be, I'm pretty sure it's meant to be like a carousel spinning around, but obviously it doesn't quite sound like that. Yeah. And he's talking about, yeah, going, in, going yeah, into yeah, the theme yeah. park and getting going to the ticket guy and, yeah, you go, take two tickets yeah. and fuck off out <laughs> here, get into the theme park, mate. <laughs> There's a lot of powerful lyrics on this song as well. Mm. Like a little, little close. Yeah, see, right now, baby. That's what I mean, like. He's really great at For like a love life. album, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's good for that. He, he can still hit you with that, those lyrics. I don't, like, it's like he's being cliche, but like he can't help but throw in a few good lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's that skilled. So yeah, it talks about a fun house. Yeah, it's like a typical like theme park, amusement park in America. Mm. Three of us. You mean all that stuff we're so scared of? Mm. Yeah, I love it. Pops. Interesting. I you, have a very strong bias on this album because yeah. of that song. Yeah, see, I don't rank it that highly. Like, it has some interesting songs for me. Yeah, but yeah, and I'm, this this album and that song in particular, is, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I just love it. I thoroughly enjoy it. Live it up. I'll never Live get up. never yeah. get tired of it. I don't think I've ever heard it heard him do it live though. Or when he does do it live, it doesn't. I don't think it's as as powerful as effective. Maybe without the sound effects or whatever he's using on there. But yeah. Mm. If we do do a uh, a listening guide, that's definitely going on yeah. my side of the listening yeah. guide for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You might get less from me, but <laughs> you might get a couple. Well, now look, he has on. he has so many. He he still makes music to this day, so yeah. we can't talk about it forever. But if we just talk about some favorite songs from his remaining albums, yeah. From um, um, is that Human Touch next? Yeah, from Human Touch. Human Touch. Uh, this is is this, this is late eighties. I'm pretty sure. Ninety two. Ninety two. Oh, is it nineties? Ninety two, my friend. There's some. And uh, Lucky Town was also ninety two. We'll talk about these these two very albums. I think they're very similar, probably because they're written around the same time. Yeah. Ninety two. I actually thought this was an eighties. Human has that vibe. You would feel yeah. that from listening to it. Honestly, yeah. Because when when Human Touch starts. 
you've got that another synth driven song. Mm. That's a long song as well. You don't think it would be a long song, but it kind of is a long song. Yeah. Couple of breakdowns. For sure. Yeah, there you go. Mm. And then you just quiet strumming. <laughs> also, the video clip for this is so fucking weird. I he's like, seen the video clip. oh, you should watch it. He's like, I don't know how it progresses to this, but he's like in a tunnel and he's got his top off and he's got the guitar. It's weird. You should yeah, watch it. It's it's bizarre. That sounds nineties. That it sounds does, very nineties. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, other in, another from the other album from ninety two from the Lucky Town album. If I if I should fall behind, yeah, I don't love the album version, but he does a he he cracks it out live, like the live version from New York. There's him, yeah. his wife. Little Stevie and Nils who yeah. like sing together. Oh, even Clarence gets a verse. Oh yeah, how good! Just to backtrack, back yeah, to human on. touch. Yeah, sorry, yeah. there's two other, two other honourable mentions on here. Mm. Soul Driver. Mm. Oh, have yeah. you heard Soul yeah, Driver? Have, yeah. yeah, that's a very, very interesting song. The first time I heard, it, I was like, "This does, this is not Super Bruce Springsteen yeah, at actual, all." Yeah, this, yeah, maybe just play the intro of that song. For sure. When it when it cues up. Yeah, see, it's like a, like, yeah, like, what is this? You're not in 1978 anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. This, this, this song is very late 80s, not early 90s for sure. Yeah. And then it goes up and into the, yeah. What an, what an opener. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's from that it album, grooves, a great yeah, song. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And 57 channels as well. Mm-hmm. Another, I think it's more getting into like, oh, TV, getting into that, that MTV, TV kind of world. Everyone's sitting yeah. down watching TV. 57 channels, there's nothing on. It's got a good groove. Yeah, it's just a solid song. Um, let's talk about Lucky Town. Better days. These are better days, <laughs> baby. That's, he, does, he loves that doing that one live. Yeah, if I should fall behind, another yeah, like, like I said, great song. amazing live. I love it live. Album is a little bit hit and miss for me. But live is great. This is better days. That Lucky Town, to. obviously a reference to uh, the Lucky Town yeah, of yeah. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it, what the vibe is. His voice still sounds great for '92. Yeah, obviously different than like. It's more know. like a. Oh, it's more like a darker kind of growl. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, I mean, can you imagine growling for like 20 years yeah, so far know. in your yeah, career? True. Yeah. Um, a song, another, another the title song, also Lucky Town. Mm. Uh, I can't remember how to go. Just get that going a bit. Yeah, mm. that's it's got a powerful driving song. It always keeps that groove. Oh, yeah, yeah oh, some some good licks too. This is a good lick song. Yeah, the licks. He comes through with licks a little bit later in his career too. Yeah. Like in terms of the, sort of the countryish vibey licks. Yeah, this is more like a country kind of. So honestly, I have no idea what this. I think the song's about him just fucking off and going to Las Vegas, <laughs> from what I can, what I can tell. But yeah, is mm. I'm going down to Lucky Town. Yeah, still catchy, still catchy. Yeah, as see, ever. still yeah. got this catchy song. Like this is a this is, this song here. I think I did have to hear it two or three times, and I was like, yeah, Lucky Town. I can, I fuck with this yeah. for sure. Yes. Where and, do you rank those '90s albums? I don't think. Yeah, look. Oh, look, I don't know. I, I, it's more like there's some good songs yeah, on them in my. I don't think they're top top material, but <laughs> honestly, if I just had "Time of Love" as a single, that'd be like <laughs> up there for sure. That's such, a, that's such an odd call, but I support it for you. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just something. I always enjoy that song. It mm. always comes on. And I think in my iTunes library, that's yeah. got like a fucking <laughs> a strange number of plays. Um, um, just quickly, like some great live albums to listen to is um, Live in New York City, which I've talked yep, about a thousand yep. times already. Where's that? The oh. Hammersmith Odeon Live in yep, London. That's yep. 75. That's just after Born to Run was released, like a month or two. Yep. And that's their first show, international show ever. Mm. Like that's wild. Oop. Oh, what just happened? There's then? video footage for both of those as well. Um, are we gonna shoot through some other albums or just yeah, talk? yeah? Hit me with, hit me with some of your favorites from uh, from the rest. From the rest, just favorite the, songs. Some 2002, The Rising. These mm. are some. The Rising title track is good. Waiting on a sunny day is also good. Um, this is the first. This is the first album that the E Street Band played on for like 20 years because. They didn't play on like I mean obviously they toured but like yeah they didn't play on Tunnel of Love and stuff like that they didn't play on Lucky Town yeah um honestly I'm not too sure if this has gone in I think we've already fucked the chronological order yeah up. yeah it's it's all right. but also the Ghost of Tom Joad mm. title track Ghost of Tom Joad yeah also famously covered by um Rage Against the Machine mm. they do a, well, a very different take but also a great take mm. on the version funnily enough which is the yeah first exactly time I saw um. The boss. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. He came, Stephen Van Zandt was, I'm pretty sure he was doing Lilyhammer, shooting somewhere at Lilyhammer, mm. couldn't make the tour, which is fair enough. He's, 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 he's a big dog. He's, he's, he's an actor. He's reliving his mobster yeah, days exactly. on Netflix now, yeah. Shout out to Silvio Dante from yeah. Sopranos. Shout out. Um, yeah, I just remember taking a Snapchat and be like, yeah, I saw Silvio <laughs> yeah. Dante the second time. Yeah. Uh, however, yeah, so Tom Morello filled in and I was like, damn. At the time, I think I knew a little bit of rage. Obviously, you knew... Um, What's uh, Rage Against the Machine? Uh, what's it called? What's it called? Killing in the name. Killing in the name. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that escaped my mind. Obviously, you know, Killing in the Name of very like, is that even post punk, funk, whatever? I don't know what that it's is. It's very unique for the yeah, time. Very Hard, unique, yeah, very unique for sure. And his playing style, the way he like filled in with the solos and stuff, like obviously he, Tom Morello is famous for his um, Digitech Whammy solos yeah. and fucking Cook Delays, yeah. Drop Octave, whatever. <laughs> And dive the way he bombs, like, yeah, dive, dive bomb. bomb kind of stuff. He does, he's a very odd guitar player, but he fit in well. And he said that playing with the E Street Band made him a better musician because their E Street Band... They're tired. The, uh, on, on, uh, on their live shows, the boss, I don't know if you know this, but the boss, he pulls... So fans make signs and go, oh, do this song, do that song, and he will do them. Yeah. He, he, never, he might have never even heard that song before. Or he would he'd never have played it before. And they go, all right... What, what did they do? They did a... They did Brown Eyed Girl? Brown Eyed, yeah. yeah. Brown Eyed Girl. I'm pretty sure they did Brown Eyed Girl. And, yeah, I've seen videos of Tom Morello doing... Someone was like, yeah, do Van Halen Jump. And he, Tom Morello, does the solo <laughs> for Van Halen Jump. I don't know. It's not perfect, but it's it's very good. Mm. You'd have chops to play in the Yeah, 100%. Band, yeah. 100%. Not, they're not fucking around. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, so the Ghost of Tom Joad, they did that kind of half Rage Against the Machine, half like Springsteen, well, obviously it's his own song. They mm. did kind of a bit of both, mix mash with Tom Morello. They did Youngstown as well. It was more of a folky kind of song with Youngstown. I'm pretty sure someone gets a mandolin out at one point. Um, yeah, I'm oh, the Wrecking Ball as well. Mm. Jack that, of all trades. That's, that's what I'm, that, when I say, when I said before that he... Introduces songs live and re-records them later. Sometimes that's where the land of hope and dreams is. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. That's a great song. That he does. He does like enjoy doing that one live. Wrecking Ball's not the title track. Wrecking Ball's not too bad. Jack of all trades. That's a a slow kind of song. 
it's about again about that working class man, a guy that just he's just doing what he knows best, mm. his trades and stuff. Good songs, good songs. Good songs. I just want to talk about some other honourable mention release songs. Yeah, go on. So, Secret Garden. Finish it off for us. Yeah, go on. Secret Garden. Yeah, I like Secret Garden. Yeah. Synth-driven song. It's f- iconically in uh, what's that bloody uh, what's that movie? Moneyball or something? Is it Moneyball? I'm not sure. What Show me the money. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire yeah. yeah, that's in Jerry Maguire. There's some, there's some other like there's other hard hitting ones like Murder Incorporated. Yeah, I was just literally just about to say Murder Incorporated. Or incorporated. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter too. Yeah. Street to Philadelphia. That song won a Grammy, I believe. For is a song is a movie from Philadelphia. From Philadelphia. Yeah, 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 about yeah. AIDS movie, whatever that. I think it was in the eighties, eighties or early nineties. Yeah, maybe but possibly nineties. Yeah, yeah. um, another trapped. Mm. Trapped is a great song as well. He iconic loves doing it live. Again, he like he just pumps out the songs later in his career. Yeah, if I could do that, like all there's always these artists like, oh, I love their seventy shit, man. Yeah, and fair enough. That's might have been when he's talk in his about prime. deep cuts. This guy has deep cuts. Like, but he has deep cuts. He keeps writing hits all the way through though. These Don't songs, if wrong. you didn't know where to look, you would probably never find them. Yeah, but you know where oh, to look. You have us. <laughs> yeah, we, you know where to look. Wow. Another, another, this is a very deep cut. Pink Cadillac. I don't know. Have you heard Pink Cadillac? I don't think I have, actually. Should I get it up? Yeah, if you, if you want to get it up, you can get it up. It's, uh, it's more, yeah, I don't know how to describe it. My dad's got heaps. He's a big, he was a big vinyl collector and he mm. keeps going, I was like, oh, Bruce Briggs is Pink from, Cadillac. It's from like, the tracks. Oh, B-side collection. I don't yeah. know if you've heard that one. Yeah, I, I have. I have, actually. If you're aware of that one. I was literally just about to talk about that. There it is. Yeah, it's, I don't know where this is from, but... I think it's a collection of all different yeah, B-sides. It is, it yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like this song. I don't I don't rate it very highly, yeah. but I enjoy, I enjoy listening to it sometimes. Mm, interesting. What kind of what kind of style would you say? This is more like a... This is like a more bluesy... Yeah, bluesy kind of... Rockabilly kind of style. Rockabilly country, yeah. Um, another song... Thundercrack on that Tracks album. Mm. Tracks is yeah, I think it's just a compilation of songs or whatever. But Thundercrack, I didn't like when I first heard it, and I kept listening to it. Yes, it's a very, I think it's a very early song. This here. must be like first album yeah. type material. Yeah, this part's very. Mm. I think this this song from I from my perspective, it really shows like. The first kind of formings of that E Street band sure, collabing yeah, and yeah. stuff like doing all singing the same hook, hook and then listen to this part when they start singing is what I was going to mention. Yeah, here you go. So they all collectively go on. I'm ready when it comes in. I think it's here. Thundercrack. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's dope, though. Yeah. Yeah, this could this definitely is, this film the first record. Cut, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I do enjoy this song. This song kept on coming up on my YouTube for some reason. I kept on listening to it. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got into it. Also, I don't know if we've mentioned Thunder it before. Crack. <laughs> but I think the last song we're going to talk about mm. is Fire. I do love Fire. Fire is Fire. not Fire's not on any, any album apart from, like, either greatest hits or, like, live albums. I got it. I... I jam so hard to fire. Um, I love, I love actually playing it too. I was gonna say you just gotta listen to that, that bass. 
listen to that, ready? Just listen to how thick that bass is. Oh. Yeah. Gary Talents on the bass. Dun, dun, dun. Gary Talents, sorry. In my car, I turn on the radio. This is such a this is such a tight song. Like the structure, just say no. Like even the turnaround part. When we kiss on fire, fire <laughs> late at night. How good! Just there's another it's great, such a tight great song. It's literally just Bruce, Clarence, and someone else on oh, someone with the harp, the squeeze box harmonica, whatever. Mm. They're literally just on the stools. Can't remember exactly what show, but if you look it up on YouTube, you 100% find it. Yeah. It's just it's just those three, and they're just doing the chords. Yeah, it's a great band. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. The boss. Well, well, well. Here it is. Yeah, we're, so, we're, we're still working out what this podcast is, but we just got to nerd out on Bruce Springsteen yeah. for a bit. Uh, we've covered... We've, I'd say we covered most bases, if yeah. not all of them, potentially. I think, I think our thoughts are out there, and hopefully you know where to start. You can dive if in somewhere. Any, um, uh, just a, a side note, if there's any, like, late Bruce Springsteen fans that love his later back collection, we're not, like, we're not bagging on or anything. We nah, just, yeah. uh, they're just not our favourite albums. Yeah, they exactly. are solid albums, but they're just not our favourites. For sure. He, he's written his hits his whole career, but... You know, he's known for that earlier stuff and that's how we got into him. That's why we're so passionate about it. So this was Thursday Night Fury. I'm Alex. And I'm Michael. Wow, look at us. And yeah, here we go. For a professional. We're definitely getting sued by Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and Spotify. Oh, I can't hear you, Michael. I don't know what happened. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry, my fingers shook on the slider. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, there you go. Bye. Bye.